Hello and welcome to Setting the Scheme. I'm Ben. And I'm Tristan. And that's it. Uh, that's it, it. Is, yep, it, it is just the two of us this week. Um, no fake out with a guest. It actually is just the two of us. Nope. Um, Elijah <laughs> was going to be here, but he had some work stuff he was doing. Um, and Doug, uh, who just moved, also just drove back to Athens for a bachelor's party. And it was a whole thing. Um, what a trip. You know what else was a trip? This movie that we watched this week. Indeed. Indeed it was. Yeah. It was what, what movie did, did we watch? Uh, it was the uh, 1995 movie, uh, Tank Girl. Uh, what an adjective. Yeah. It was, it was uh, or the descriptor, a movie. It was a movie, that's for sure. It, it was indeed a movie based off of a uh, an old comic strip, I believe. Yeah, yeah. This movie, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that a little later. But the movie on IMDb, um, well, I'll tell you, it's got Lori Petty in it. As, as she's she's the lead. I don't think she's been in anything else. And if she has, I haven't heard about it. <laughs> and uh, look, I don't claim to be the the most knowledgeable about movies, but I I, I feel like I know a good bit at this point. There were a couple um, actors in this film I recognized, and she was not one of them. Naomi Watts is probably the other one that I would recognize, and also Malcolm McDowell. Mm-hmm. Um, How can you forget Ice T? There's Ice T. I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen Ice T in anything. Uh, I just know John Mulaney jokes about. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, that's pretty much it. That, uh, um, McDowell. Apparently Iggy Pop was in this movie. Who? Iggy Pop, the 80s rocker. Oh. Rat Face. That's what he was. Oh, gotcha. You remember, do you remember Rat Face? I mean, he was only my favorite character. Ah, yes. I couldn't even tell you if he was a human in in this movie or not. It probably wasn't. (laughs) I don't know. Rat Face. Uh, Did you find it? Uh, I just want to know which one he is. Um, and he was, oh, he was that really creepy guy at the, at that like club they went to that tried to like buy the little girl. Ah. You remember had the long hair? Yeah. Looked like a rat. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It was directed by uh, Rachel Talalay, by the way, for all of you Rachel Talalay yeah. fans. Uh, who from, uh, we were looking at this earlier, has a vast, um directorial resume um spanning from you said 1995 to uh 2000 something oh well (laughs) look she she's (laughs) done four films okay she's directed four movies one was in 91 one was in 93 then it was tank girl 95 and then she took a little bit of a break just a little bit just a little bit 25 years later in the year 2020 (laughs) she did another movie now I will say she did do some uh, a good bit of directing um, for TV series, um, and in the meantime, she actually directed some episodes of Doctor Who, um, of uh, a Flash, Supergirl. Um, she directed an episode of Sherlock. If you can believe that, so I can see her getting into some of these like sci-fi and superhero shows because that's mean- pretty much what she does, and she's she's done those shows. That's that's mainly what she does. So either that or some more of the like crime shows. Yeah. 
And uh, most of the shows that you just mentioned were much better received than this movie. Uh, looking at ratings, <clears throat> uh, its highest rating comes from Google, uh, who um, Google has given it 4.1 stars out of five uh, on Imdba. It's got a 5.4 out of 10, uh, Metacritic 46%. Then over on uh, Ye Old Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's got a 63% audience score, so not horrible, but a 40% on the tomato meter. And um, honestly, doesn't even have a ton of reviews on the tomato meter, only 43. So I, it wasn't even good enough to warrant a lot of critics' time reviewing this. Yeah. Yeah, no, I. I, mean, uh, I, I also do have one more uh, rating. Sure. Sorry, I forgot to pull this up. Uh, it is not on Common Sense Media, unfortunately. A shame. I did find another website that reviewed this movie, though, called Kids in Mind. Um, Simpler. It, right. Uh, it ranks movies on three different criteria uh, sex and nudity, violence and gore, and language. Uh, and in those categories, Tank Girl received a three, a six, and a five, all of those being out of ten. Ah, the three horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. Hmm. So, take that for what it's worth. Um, I've never heard of this website, and I was, what's it called? Uh, kids in mind. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Keep 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 those kids in mind when you're picking a movie. Yeah. And uh, don't show them Tank Girl. Don't show them Tank Girl. It's probably not. You know, it's probably better films out there anyway. Yeah. To show them. Uh, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, now, Tristan, I don't think either of us have ever seen this movie, but correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't weren't you the one that recommended this? Yeah. How did you learn about this movie, and why did you decide that we should watch it on the podcast? Well, I'm familiar with the the artist behind the comic strip, or one of them at least, Jamie Hewlett. Um, he, you may have heard of the band, the Gorillas. Mm-hmm. Um, they were probably much more popular in the 2000s. Um, but they're still around. They're still making music. And uh, he partnered with Damon Albarn for the Gorillas. But before that, um, he partnered with uh, Alan Martin and he created Tank Girl. So I just I just know about Tank Girl because I was looking at Jamie Hewlett's work and I found it. And then I was really surprised to find that they made a movie based on Tank Girl. So I was like, we got to at least <laughs> we got to watch this. I, I think I suggested it before I even watched the trailer. And it was one of those where I just was like, you know, I think we'll, I think let's just go for it, you know, go for it. We did. Yeah. Um, speaking of the art, uh, we actually do get to see a good bit of the art throughout this movie because uh, it kind of takes a bit of a Scott Pilgrim esque, um, I guess, approach with it, kind of having that mix of live action and more comic booky things. Yeah. Um, there are like full scenes in this movie that look like it's just an animated comic book which i think is really cool i think it's really well done um i don't think it's done as well as it is in scott pilgrim um yeah and part of me just kind of wishes they had stuck to that style for the entire film um well scott pilgrim uh, from what I remember, okay, my memory is flexible. You've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got a- animated stuff going over the live action, like on top of it. You know, um, I'm not saying like Looney Tunes back in action levels, but I'm saying like just like little speech bubbles and like 
little effects, you know. Yeah. This was this wasn't that. This was like let's just rand almost seemingly randomly cut to and now, now it's just a comic strip. Well, it looked like all of the scenes that if they had done it in live action would have cost a lot more money. So uh, so it looks like they really fleshed out the storyboard and right. put that in. <laughs> That's That's what I feel like like the director is like, okay, this scene's going to cost a lot of money to make if we do it in live action. Um, So let's just throw the comic strip in there. Is everyone, we're good with that? Cool. All right, we're going to do that. Yeah. If I can, Ben, I want to explain the plot of this movie a little bit. Yes, please, go for it. Yeah, so basically you've got Tank Girl. She's not Tank Girl yet. She's just a girl. Post-apocalypse world. They, it's a desert. I, don't, I guess it's America. I don't know. Unclear. Um, I think so. After a comet struck and yeah, turned Earth into a dystopian future. Right. Um, as it happens. Yeah. So like an asteroid hits the planet. Yeah, they do mention that. Um, she's living at the beginning with a group of people. Very quickly, she's not. <laughs> no, she's no longer living with that group. Um, there's a really powerful group a company, I guess, corporation that pretty much runs the wasteland called uh, Water and Power. And that's what they've got. <laughs> so not very creative with the name, but that's what they do. And Malcolm McDowell's in charge of it. He's the evil man. And uh, basically they find out that the little commune that Tank Girl is a part of, uh, Rebecca is her name in the movie, mm-hmm. um, which Ben, side note, surprisingly, I've, I think I remembered everyone's names pretty well in this movie. I well, I got Rebecca and uh, Jet Girl. Yeah. And uh, Booga, I think. Booga. Booga. Yeah, but yeah, you got it. You got it. That, that was it. Well, I guess that's it for me, too. Then. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that complicated. But yeah. honestly, that's saying more than uh, that's saying something because usually we don't remember anyone's names. But anyway, uh, Water and Power finds out the little commune is siphoning water and they're stealing it somehow or another. Um, so they go in and they they wreck the place and they capture Tink Girl, Rebecca, for some reason. They capture her. I don't know why they don't just kill her. I, I think they them. tried to kill her and then she killed like eight or nine of them and they were like, no, nah, we gotta we gotta elevate this and make an example out of her. Yeah, I guess so. Because they're really evil guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're classic like, you know, classic evil, <clears throat> whatever. I'd say they're hoarding water in a dystopian future. Of course, they're evil. Yeah, I mean, the first time you see Malcolm McDowell, he makes a man walk on glass <laughs> and then kills him. Yeah. <laughs> then just, but the way he kills them is he siphons the water out of his body using a device. I will say that was really cool. Um, I thought that was really unique and something that you don't normally see in these like Me too. dystopian future kind of things. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, there's another, um, like her tank responds to whistles. Mm-hmm. And like is somewhat sentient, maybe unclear. Um, but that's a that's a thing too. So the technology is really interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, throughout the rest of the movie, she she meets up with this mechanic um, who she makes friends with, and she works with uh, this really really interesting plot point. Um, apparently, in this film, in this universe, uh, the U.S. Army and Army unclear was doing experiments on t- uh, kangaroos and humans and decided to mix the DNA and, and like turn yeah, humans as into you do. 
turn humans into kangaroo hybrids. So human kangaroo hybrids are living underground in the desert Mm -hmm. and they're attacking water and power because they need the water and the power. Right. And they're like, for like the first half of the film, they're um, like built up to be like these horrible savage creatures. And then you meet them and they're like all like stoners and potheads. Yeah. They're just a bunch of guys that hang out in like a jazz club or something. They're guys being dudes. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, how like how did you guys reach legendary status anyway uh yeah and she works with this group eventually at the end of the movie she gets to water and power at the base they have i guess mm-hmm. destroys it pretty much takes over they win they get water and power mm-hmm. the, all happily ever after yeah basically and every and now they're and now both of the girls jet girl and tank girl uh marry the kangaroo dudes um because i guess that's the only guys around so i i don't know i mean look i i don't know i don't know where that begins and ends with my own brain i don't want to know okay so um (laughs) i mean i i I don't i don't agree with bestiality (laughs) let's say uh, i will say that is one thing about this movie there was a lot of very um grotesque things that happened really Uh, yeah and Personally, I I don't like watching movies that have a lot of that in that. It's just that's not what I want on my on, on my movie screen. Like, yeah, uh, I don't. It, I don't, like I don't know if there was a lot of grotesque visuals necessarily, although there was some weird stuff. It but it was a lot of like talking mm-hmm. in a manner that was just really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like it's really like oh like extremely sexual sometimes and it's like what is going on either very directly or also a lot of like alluding to it and right it's like why is everyone in this movie yeah yeah i agree like i you look i'm not like i i understand like throwing a few sexual jokes around like they can be funny but this was just like this was just stupid i'm gonna take a bath after this yeah i know (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah yeah so for all that all that we said it it did not do well in theaters um, <laughs> no I, it, I had a budget of like 25 million dollars and i think made like six million back um it did yes. not do well um and that's probably why the director had a, an extended break um from directing because you know if you directed a project that lost almost 20 million dollars would you hire yourself? I probably wouldn't. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, because because of that, it. I guess because of that, maybe because it's so wacky, it's considered more of a cult classic film. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and uh, I think it tries really hard to be one. Like, I think it, and like. I haven't read the source material, so I don't know how true to it uh, the movie is, but it feels like it goes out of its way to try and achieve that cult status, like going out and doing all of these weird, bizarre things, wanting to make you feel gross and uh, take it one step further than uh, the audience thinks you will. And Yeah, well, I don't think that's 
what they had in mind necessarily. I don't think they've tried to be a cult classic. That's just how the comic is. Yeah. The comic is pretty wild like that too. <laughs> and so if anything, it was it was fairly true to the comic. But here's the thing. When you read this stuff in a book or like on a comic strip, you can interpret it differently. Like your brain thinks about it differently. Mm. But when you hear someone say the words that that's like, you know, and then when you hear them, when you hear it come out of their mouth in like a movie or something, then that's when it can become really cheesy or just not match up to what you thought it would be because it's like, well, that's not at all what I thought, you know, that person would deliver that line as or whatever. So it it just, yeah. I mean, my, my point with that is it just, a lot of it's just so cheesy and like, just like, why did you say that? That's dumb, you know, but maybe in like a comic, it makes more sense because maybe we're just, maybe, maybe we're just used to that in comics, that kind of wackiness. Yeah, I, I seeing feel it on like screen. In comics, you're more used to like those weird off the wall puns. Yeah. There were a couple of those in here. Or just, you know, drawn art mm-hmm. is... You can, it's it's endless like you can do you can portray whatever you want and you can't you can't do that with this kind of budget uh, in this movie they tried and it honestly wasn't bad for what it was mm-hmm. in in that like i'm talking about effects but honestly, back, the effects were actually one of the better parts of this film yeah because uh, while it was really weird the kangaroo people like prosthetically looked not bad yeah everything moved right you know yeah it was just weird it was weird (laughs) yeah i I don't know where to go from that but yeah uh so on this podcast we've watched a lot of movies about dystopian futures um the only one that's coming to mind right now is idiocracy um which is much different than this but I know we've watched others. Uh, we've also fifth, watched Fifth Element. Yeah. This felt a lot like the Fifth Element um, and kind of like the way that it approached the idea of a dystopian future. Yeah. I and I, it also made me think of, you know, in the movie, Jim Carrey's The Grinch mm. and, and the way his makeup was. Mm-hmm. Like the, cre- the, the kangaroo people looked like that, like heavily prosthetics, mm-hmm. heavy prosthetics um it all like kind of flowed well like it looked pretty good you know but it was still really weird and also another similarity to the grinch it got those 90s angles those like extreme dutch angles and and like i don't know like think 90s soda commercial you know it's just like really wacky commercial on nickelodeon it's it's like it's like they it's like they had a drone record this or or like and it was malfunctioning the whole time and it just kept like rocking around mm-hmm. like that's what that's what the movie felt like to me yeah i think what makes me like this movie so much less is the fact that i just saw uh dune uh, like <laughs> yeah. last week which is another movie that's set in this dystopian future only it's done really really well yeah i also saw dune a couple days ago I'm like, I don't want to get too much into it because it's still fairly new. And um, so by the time this episode releases, it'll probably have been out about a month. Um, 
but like the way that it handles it and like a much more serious tone i feel like when you're talking about dystopian futures i feel like that's more the route to go than this more like pseudo comedic route uh yeah i mean i don't it's hard it's hard to do that now i guess and and make it not cheesy because it, it's always gonna you know like if you make jokes about how the future is gonna look mm-hmm. when the future gets here like tank girl takes place in 2033 which is like 10 years away yeah so like i'm not like i'm th- they could have said it takes place in like 2280 or whatever you know yeah but it, it didn't make a difference really but i mean it's just like i think it's just like early 90s let's pick a year that's really far away and that's how we got 2030 whatever yeah it's hard it's hard to say of course what things are going to look like but yeah. it seems like all these comedic dystopian future films pick the same thing you know they picked this like is, wacky uh, uh jason x a couple weeks ago i said and hockey was outlawed in like 2024 or something and xyz happened to bring about the end of the world yeah <laughs> i guess it's easy i guess it's easy to just make something super hokey looking because it's way in the future you know like if you pick a date that's 200 years from now no one's going to be alive to even like know that has seen this movie really you know i mean you can't even look at something like the jetsons like the jetsons the, t- the time period the, Je- the jetsons takes place in it's like now yeah like the 2010s 2020s it it just feels cheap in a way to make a comedic film about the future and because you could just do whatever you want yeah and whatever crazy thing can happen whatever they invent you know it's like oh yeah we 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 made a thing that sucks the water out of your body just like that it's like of course that makes sense because anything can happen you know yeah um and it's but 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 they're all but they're not they're not bound well they are bound they're bound to like what we know like the earth and things like that you know pick like star wars or something that's completely different that's like a di- that's like a different universe entirely right. and so introducing something like wacky i guess can make more sense but I don't know. I'm Having just going off on a tangent. Spaceships that travel at light speed, it's not so far fetched because you know it's in a different space fantasy kind of universe. Uh, whereas you look at something like this that's supposed to take place on Earth and yeah, this doesn't fit as well. Well, you also got Dune, which is technically in so our universe. Our universe yeah. yeah. But it's also like several hundreds of years into the future oh dude it's it's like twelve thousand years in the future oh yeah yeah so several several hundred yeah yeah right yeah i feel like if if that's the route you're going to go to be in this universe you kind of have to go that far into the future to really do what you want and i don't know there were also times where this movie just kind of felt like a cheap 80s movie well, it was kind of a cheap '90s movie. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of had that like '80s um, super cheesy kind of feel to it. What's another super cheesy '80s movie? 
like this. Um, so it's not a cheesy 80s film. The movie that keeps coming to my, my mind is uh, Idiocracy. And I don't have a good cheesy 80s film to compare this to, but that's just the stereotype of cheesy 80s film is what comes to mind. Yeah. And this is, like I said, this is, <clears throat> this is based on the comic strip. And from what I understand, it's, it's, it's pretty close to it. And the comic is wacky. Like it's super wacky. Mm-hmm. And like, sure, like that may also be, you know, wild and you you don't want that in a movie, but that's what they did. So, but for what it is, it's not that bad, I guess. I don't know. I don't know that it's that memorable though. Like the art style is, yeah, maybe, but like. The performances, the no. characters themselves, not really. No. The main character in particular, um, I forget the actress's name who played her. Honestly, she just kind of annoyed me. Like her, Lori Petty. Yeah, her voice was just kind of obnoxious. And um, part of it might just be because uh, I'm sick right now. Um, and I've got a bit of a headache, but it, it almost had this like ringing in my head kind of quality. And I just didn't like it. <laughs> she hasn't really done anything big. I believe that. Um, she 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 was in Free Willy. Uh, yeah, I think I watched one of those movies when I was in like elementary school. Yeah, she was one of the leads in, in Free Willy. Okay. Uh, I guess the mom. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember Free. I don't remember. Citation I know it's needed. something I don't about free. like a killer whale or something. That's all I got. Yeah, pretty much. Um, otherwise, yeah, not not really much at all. So uh, she's been in TV. Okay, oh my cat. <laughs> Sorry, my cat just oh, scraped up my leg. You're good. It's more interesting than this movie was probably. Um. Yeah. So uh, it no. She hasn't done anything. I mean, it's just like, why did you even pick this person? I guess, like, what, what, what made her stand out? As she needed to be the one to be in this movie. Not a clue, man. Apparently, she was in Orange Is the New Black, Lori Petty, which I did. I never saw. So neither. This whole thing is just really weird, and honestly, I don't think I have anything else I can say about this movie. So, are you you ready to score the sucker? Yeah, I think so. So, Tristan, why don't you uh, get us started with your score for this movie? Uh, you got it. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 60. It's a lot more generous than I was expecting. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, it, it's... Look, the, the effects were not bad. It, it was wacky and it was weird. But the effects were not bad. There was a plot, and it made sense. And <laughs> look, I'm just I'm just listing things that <laughs> that make it a film because we. But like my point is, is that we've seen some movies that have gotten a score in the fifties, and they didn't have these things. One of them for me, like I think I scored FM at fifty five or something like that. And it didn't really have a plot. 
you know so until the, the second half of it but i guess yeah but i mean all things considered i i thought it was i thought it was a little fun um i don't know if i'd ever watch it again or i don't want to watch it again but it was a little fun you know all things considered mm-hmm. and uh and it gets a 60 all right. uh, i personally didn't think it was quite as fun um honestly it felt a lot longer than it actually was like the movie was only like an hour and a half and granted we had to watch this with ads uh because apple tv is weird and apparently when you watch something over zoom and try to share your screen apple tv is just like nah uh we're not gonna do that um yeah can't believe that um that's wild yeah um but yeah between that and it was a little too weird and wacky for me uh i didn't particularly like any of the characters i think there are some things that are done well but that's not enough to really save this for me uh i'm gonna give this movie a 45 yeah yeah uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer uh that gives us a final score of a 52.5 so it okay. is a movie that absolutely exists. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Yep. <clears throat> you know what else is a movie that absolutely exists, but is also actually a good movie? Uh, what's that? The movie we're watching next week. Oh. Um, it is Ryan Johnson's 2019 yep. uh, movie, uh, Knives Out, starring Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, and honestly, just a really phenomenal cast. Uh, a really phenomenal movie um honestly it is one of my favorite movies and i'm super excited to be talking about it uh it's gonna do a lot better than this movie (laughs) i think we're also gonna have a lot more to talk about with it um but yeah ron johnson's one of my favorite directors and um i i think this movie is just a masterpiece um so be sure to tune in next week when we talk about knives out uh, in the meantime, be sure to keep up with all the cool stuff we do on social media. Uh, at Vider Media, uh, in, um, we've got new episodes of Setting the Skeen every Wednesday and new episodes of Tea with Doug G every Monday night at 9. Um, but yeah, all that fun stuff. Uh, this was Tank Girl, and yeah, I hope you enjoyed indeed. it. It it was something. I uh, hope you had a better time than we did watching this movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Tristan. This was Setting the Scheme. You guys have a great week.